today's world, the issue of healthy babies, while one that is certainly on everyone's mind in a lot of ways for a lot of reasons, perhaps there are a few more complications in today's world. We'll find out in just a moment. Hello, everyone. My name is Pamela Brewer, and you are listening to Mind Talk. I am very pleased to introduce you to Chuck Green, who is the president of Alpha Max Healthcare, and he's going to join us today in a discussion about healthy babies. How do they come into being? Chuck Green, welcome to Mind Talk. Thank you. Glad to be here. Chuck, tell us what um, Alpha Max Healthcare is. What do you guys do? Uh, Alpha Max Healthcare is a what's called a population health management firm, and we've, we've been that since 1998, and it's just become popular, so everyone thinks they have a population health management firm. But what we essentially do is we uh, have a target group, uh, group of people in an area, and we represent the insurer or the payer for services, and we maximize having healthy outcomes with pregnant women and and we work to ensure that those babies once more and as close to 40 weeks or term uh, remain alive the first year of life which is the measure of of the quality of of health for a given population where is uh alpha max healthcare located uh alpha max is headquarters is in Memphis, Tennessee, and then we have a target population at this time in what's called the Boot Hill of Missouri. It's it's eight counties in in lower southeast Missouri, and and they charge us with managing the entire pregnant population to ensure that that, that the women have the best outcomes as well as. Uh, or that the baby, when born, is, is given the best care that it can get during the first year of life, and this happens to be in a very rural area. Okay. And when you say population health management and eight counties, I mean, I recognize that it's rural, but that sounds like a lot of people, and population health management sounds complex. Well, essentially... Uh, our eight counties is a 4,200 square miles. Uh, we have approximately 4,000 pregnancies a year and and 2,500 deliveries a year. Uh, it's it's got five hospitals. They had six, but one of them closed in May. And and the various provider groups and and, and community programs like Healthy Start and things of that nature. But what uh, we're a clinical firm, so we work with the doctors, the hospitals, the the provider groups, and all of my care coordinators are clinicians. They're 
either doctors, uh, social workers, or nurses. All right, so l let me understand. Let's say that I am a pregnant woman living within your uh, service area. How do I get to Alpha Max Healthcare? Well, uh, to start off with, if you are pregnant and you don't have insurance uh, or you have Medicaid, because we only work work with people who qualify for Medicaid, okay. uh, your doctor or the hospital will refer you to either the state, and the state will refer you to Alpha Max, or, or they might uh, refer us to, uh, to the individual. We do rounds at... At, at three of the four hospitals, as well as the, the physician practices, uh, we do telephonic outreach. Uh, the state of Missouri gives us the names and I'm getting ready to say the addresses and phone numbers sometimes of all of the new pregnancies and all of the babies who have who have been delivered uh, each month as well as we find them while they're delivering when we do our rounds. And, and we constantly look at our files for people who should have delivered and we call them to uh, uh, recruit their kids for the first year of life. All right. So let's say I've got Medicaid, um, so I do have some access to health care. Why do I want to be involved with Alphamax? Well, Alphamax knows how to have healthy babies. We... Uh, we're very good at it. We've been doing it since 1998. Uh, we've been able to reduce the prematurity rate 90% in a very uh, challenging uh, urban area, and we're doing the same in, in this rural area. Uh, pregnancy is not an a, a unknown process, but everyone thinks that they know what it is and what to do, and they typically don't. Uh, uh, the reason where we are have the worst outcomes outside of major urban areas, like, for example, St. Louis City, or in some places like Washington, D.C., Memphis, Tennessee, Jackson, Mississippi, all of the places where there's a large, large black population, uh, we have an exception to the extent that our population is over 90% white, which is rare uh, to be focused on in Medicaid. Uh, indeed, because I, I think that folks typically don't associate Medicaid with uh, anyone other than persons of color. Um, let me ask you this. Um, you're a man. Mm -hmm. you're, you're not going to get pregnant. You've never been no. pregnant. Why do you care about healthy babies? Uh, the reason why I care about healthy babies is that I'm 74 years old, and at some particular point, I might have to have someone to take care of me in a nursing home, in a hospital, and I want the best and greatest doctors. Uh, 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 we might have to be defended against our adversaries around the world, so I want to make sure our soldiers are capable of defending us and defeating any insult that we might get. Uh, a healthy baby can end up doing anything that they can, and I want to make sure that every child born has maximum potential to be whomever they desire to be. 
when we think about the health of babies, we obviously think about the parents. Nowadays, um, we certainly hear a great deal about the dangers of the prevalence and the dangers of opioids and how they can impact on the individual. I am wondering if your sense is that there has been an uptick in opioid addiction among your service population. Well, essentially what happens if you live in America, there's been a huge uptick. Uh, and and to an extent, uh, the, the boot heels could reflect that. Uh, my population tends to be uh, o- ODing on alcohol as opposed to oxycontin, uh, as well as uh, everybody smokes in the boot heels. But uh, through proper education, not training, but education, uh, people attempt to do what's best for their fetus such that it will come out the best that it can be. That's an exception. And the problem that we have nowadays is that uh, health care has been monetized. And and we really don't have health care. We have sick care. And so these hospitals, these HMOs, these other entities don't make money, if you will. They make money when you're sick. So what we have to do is to try to help turn that around to the extent that that the monetized system changes and they get paid for wellness instead of sickness. And right now they're not doing it, and these large corporations are not providing the services that they're charged to do. And you see it all around you if you work or volunteer for the Department of Children's Services or or for Medicaid. I mean, they they provide the least that they can so that they can take most of the money to the market. Uh, we've got a a special prop a special problem, and there's there's been suits all over the place for these extremely addictive drugs from a few uh, pharmaceutical firms that have manufactured uh, 28 different drugs that if you take for a very short period of time, you will become addicted to it. Plus, things aren't as easy as people think they are, and and it's very stressful in America at this particular point in time. Chuck, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we will continue right where we are. Folks, this is Pamela Brewer. You're listening to Mind Talk, and I'm having a conversation with Chuck Green, who is the president of Alpha Max Healthcare System. We'll be right back. You just mentioned uh, the fact that there are pharmaceutical houses that have created um, pretty addictive substances, uh, pretty addictive drugs. 
but you've also, I just want to make sure that I'm clear that your particular population, the issue is not as much pills as it is alcohol and cigarettes. Yes, but you have to understand alcohol is one of the most powerful altering drugs in, in obstetrics. Huh, alcohol. It just happens to be, yes, it just happens to be legal, but if you've seen a baby uh, whose parents were drinking alcohol during a particular period of the prenatal, uh, prenatal care, you know how life-altering it is. Let me ask you this. Uh, you actually provided uh, for us a article uh, that spoke to the issue of addiction uh, and the truth, if you will, of addiction. Uh, the origins of addiction uh, it was a study done by Dr. Vincent Folletti. I'm wondering if you can, in a nutshell, tell us his finding about adverse childhood experiences in terms of their influences on children and then into adulthood. Why is that such an issue? Well, it's such an issue because uh, even in terms of, of substance use, uh, everyone is looking at these moms and these other people who are who are taking these drugs as drug addicts and right. they're trying to act like the drug is the thing that they're craving for when in fact uh, they've just made the wrong choice through their own volition or in the case of some of these these things the drug companies uh, have tricked them into taking these prescription drugs which are very addictive and the only thing that mitigates it is heroin and of course there's a whole industry that deals with illicit drugs that we all know about. But uh, 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 these opiates, uh, heroin, cocaine, have been around for centuries, uh, uh, way back in ancient Greece. But what we have here is a contrived capitalist push to make money off of addicting people, and that's why everybody's in an uproar, because especially with children, it's during the, the, the first period of time that they are developing. They have no defense mechanisms, and, and they are, don't have a defense against certain things, and it's altering their DNA such that they will not be the persons that their mother and father were. And so... Uh, it's our job to protect our children, and so that's what we've taken on. In the the study that um, I just referenced, there's a comment that addiction is primarily a consequence of adverse childhood experiences, which really, in a lot of ways, um, sort of sets the concept of uh, addicts and addiction in drugs on its ear, um, and that, as you've said, it's not so much the drug dealer who we recognize as a problem, but it's the experiences of the person who is taking the drug um, that is the problem. Um, so if you're able or are you able to talk to your population about the impact not only of the the drugs and alcohol and cigarettes that they're utilizing, but the impact of that on their 
the impact of that on them, but also the impact of that on their children through their child's lifetime. Uh, it's a, uh, it's a, it, it's a, it's a special time for a woman, and and her man to sacrifice themselves for the good of the development, the brain development, and other development of their child. If they just do this during this time, they'll be better off. What we find in in my population and others, I volunteer for the Department of Children's Services, and I uh, work on their teams where we, in most cases, have to protect the child by uh, removing it from a a drug-exposed home or a, a trauma-exposed home to, and, and make sure that they get the things that they need so this kid can come back home. But what we find out in most cases is ignorance. I mean, people don't know, and they don't know because the people charged, the managed care organizations now, uh, do not educate them. And the people who do try to do good things, they think they have to train these women that they're not able to rationally make decisions on their own, all of which isn't true. They're just making the wrong decisions for for challenging and, and anxiety-based uh, environments that they're in. You know, I think we all have had those those types of environments, especially blacks whose parents and grandparents were coming out of slavery. I mean, they have trauma all over the place. And, and all that we knew up to a particular point, if the child is raw, you tell them, then you whip them. And somehow or another, that's supposed to make a difference. But uh, nowadays... Uh, these children are starting off in the neonatal intensive care unit, and they get 10 to 15 painful procedures a day. So by the time they get out, it's nothing that you can do to uh, uh, to whip them in the shape because they're used to that. And so they defy you, and they're defying us all the time. You see it all over this country. It, it sounds like you're really underscoring the critical importance of attending to mother and baby in utero, as well as, as you've said, post-birth. Well, there are two populations that are ignored in our society. It's women and and rearing children, and as well as teachers. And, and those two groups of people... No one respects what they do, but all of us go through them. And we blame the teachers as if something's wrong, but we don't pay them. And we pay the mothers nothing. In fact, now they're trying to get the mothers to work out of the home so their kids have to go to daycare, and they're not going to give their kids the nurturing that they need. And so we're going to compound this problem by making it worse. And it's just really poor thinking. Chuck Green, uh, president of Alpha Max Healthcare, a population health management firm. We are going to take a break. We'll be back in a moment.
like Alpha Max is certainly doing its fair share, more than its fair share, to ensure the healthy success of, of moms and babies. I wonder if in general you are hopeful about the future of pregnancy care and post-birth care, or are you worried? Well, uh, you know, as a black man who understands this history, we came from abject being owned <laughs> to uh, having parents who cared for us, having communities that cared for us. So, I mean, so we're no stranger to these things that's turned around and it's turning back around. But I have great faith in our country. I think it's very resilient. I think we have great people. We just take it a wrong turn. And at some point, we're going to spring back, and they need models of here's what we should be doing. And I want to make sure that what Alpha Max does is one of those models. What's on the horizon for Alpha Max? Well, uh, uh, number one, I'm working with the folks who are suing all these drug companies. Uh, we're also... Uh, uh, we're also working for the first time. I volunteer for the Department of Children's Services in in Tennessee, and we work with the Department of Children's Services in in the Boot Hills of Missouri. But each state needs to understand that typically any professional who finds that a child has been exposed to drugs, they immediately call the Department of Children's Services. So we need to set up a system that's very responsive to that so we can cut down drastically the scourge of kids being exposed to these drugs and these other behaviors. And it's something we can do. So I'm, I'm in the process of putting together that, uh, that complete model because we we're probably one of the few firms that work from, from the standpoint of the state all the way down. We work with the Department of Children's Services, Family Services, uh, Medicaid, and with all of the uh, uh, hospitals and doctors in the clinical facet. Plus, we work with Healthy Start and and other community-based programs. Uh, and everyone who doesn't make money off of having sick, sick babies. Interesting. If you had... A magic wand. What would you do with your population? I would first turn our system into one in which mothers are paid for being home nurturing their kids. Hmm. And and then secondly, I would make sure that we help and assist those mothers with those kids to the point that they're ready to go to school and to do the things that the teachers and principals in our community would love for them to do in terms of learning and growing and learning how to cooperate 
and to have a socialization process which makes them prime examples for the rest of the world. Now, I know that somebody listening has heard what you've said and their heads turned around and they've said, well, why should we pay mothers to get pregnant? I mean, they got pregnant. Let them take care of it. What do you say to those folks? Uh, those folks don't look at the rest of the civilized world. Okay. Uh, I have friends in Australia, and the first time she got pregnant, they gave her $10,000 and allowed her to stay home for six months. The second time she stayed, she was pregnant, she got $5,000 and she stayed home for a year because they recognized that she had more than one child. And they're investing, they're not paying, they're investing in the time and effort that she as a mother was taking so that they would have a better citizen who would be better able to contribute to their Australian environment. And and that's what we need to look at. Interesting. How can folks learn more about what it is that you're doing at Alpha Max? Uh, well, we're always evolving, but I do have a website, abax.us. And uh, I have a uh, uh, a uh, 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 email address in which they can call us on, which is is HLP, which means help newborns dot org. Okay, that's help newborns dot org. Is that a web address or an email? Address. Uh, it's a uh, 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 it's Chuck at H L P N E W B O R N S dot org. Okay, and Alpha Max that um, address is A M A X X dot U S. Yes, ma'am. That's our website. You've been doing this for, as you've said, quite a while. Do you find that there are enough men involved in this kind of work? Uh, you have to look at health care and, and ask the same question. Gotcha. <laughs> are there enough men in health care? Gotcha. <laughs> I think we got the answer to that one. <laughs> Dr. Chuck Green, president of Alpha Max Healthcare, thank you so much for spending time with us today. We appreciate the work that you're doing. Uh, and the work that you intend to continue doing. Thank you so much. Okay, thank you. I appreciate the call. And folks, thank you for joining me on this edition of Mind Talk. Mind Talk is brought to you daily as an educational public service, and it is not intended to replace any work that you may choose to do with a mental health, medical health, or other professional. You can always listen to Mind Talk on demand by going to my. N-D-T-A-L-K dot O-R-G. Mind Talk is produced by Jim Brown and 26 by 2 Communications. If you would like to be in touch with me directly, that email address is Pamela, P-A-M-E-L-A, at mindtalk.org. Again, that's M-Y-N-D-T-A-L-K dot O-R-G. I'd love to hear your questions or comments about this or any Mind Talk program. And remember always... If it's unacceptable, it's unacceptable. You take care.
Thank you. 